Hello friends, this is Brian Gibbs from The Torch. Today we are dealing with gender identity and the truth. Um, I think all of us recognize that gender is not assigned at birth by a doctor, but it is divinely designed by our Creator who knit us wonderfully and fearfully together. We're going to go there today. We're also going to be talking about our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. All of that and so much more today on The Torch. friends, welcome to The Torch. Brian Gibbs here, coming from Sarasota, Florida, and it is a gorgeous day. Yes, I make no apologies for all of you that are having bad weather today. No apologies whatsoever. It is a fabulous day in Sarasota. We're thankful for life. We're thankful for the reigning presence of God over us. We're thankful to be sons and daughters of the living God. Come on. And we're going to have a great day. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us and uh, looking forward to just as the Holy Spirit begins to direct and chart the course of this episode. Uh, today's going to be a great blessing. We're going to be, I'm going to be speaking today on uh, a massive topic, uh, which is gender and identity, but also the truth. And um, <clears throat> we're going to go to many places, but we're also going to be looking at our own identity as sons and daughters of the living God. So I believe it's going to be a great day. Let's pray. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's do it. Let's enjoy this together. Father, thank you for <clears throat> our life in you. And wherever our friends are at, our partners are at this day, may your presence rain down upon them. May they experience afresh your manifest presence. May the anointing of the Holy Spirit bring refreshing to them, their family, their children, their grandchildren. Bless them in their divine assignment and their calling and their fresh seasons and new callings, Lord, that you are issuing even now upon so many in the church, in the ecclesia, Jesus, that you are building and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Lord, thank you for this opportunity here at the torch and lord just thank you how you are taking this ministry um and really ultimately pointing people to your face and your heart lord just thank you for taking this and using it and may you receive all of the glory and we thank you for it all in jesus name amen can i have some friends out there say amen Yep, I'm believing you said it. I'm trusting that. I mean, I'm I'm stretching my faith out. I mean, come on here. All right, I got to get a sip of water. Hold on one sec. And we're back. All right. So, we're going to speak today on gender. We're going to speak on identity. Obviously, this is a, a massive cultural war that is going on right now. But obviously, we're going to look at the truth. We're going to look at the truth of the Word of God which is unchanging. Aren't you thankful for that? And then we're going to talk about our identity as sons and daughters of God, which I, which I believe is everything, everything in the kingdom. And so today I want to, I want to begin in Revelation chapter, Revelation, excuse me, Romans. <laughs> oh Lord, don't let that go through the whole, 
Let's go. Romans. Romans 12. Okay, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. First two verses. Perhaps these verses are very familiar to you. Maybe they're not. But I want to read this out of the Passion as we get going today. It says, Beloved friends, what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies be? To surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices and to live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. And verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around, around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern, to, to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I'm going to read verse 2 one more time. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Amen. Amen. What a good word. What you and I believe, what you and I think, what you and I think, what what we believe about God and what we believe and think about God's word actually affects everything that you do. It affects everything that I do. It affects every way that I live. I often say that your revelation of who God is to you determines who he, who he actually becomes through you. It's so important. So more than 2,000 years ago, a man by the name of who we know, Pontius Pilate, 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, he was a Roman governor official. He asked this question to Jesus, and he said, what is truth? You can find that in John chapter 18. I believe it's somewhere in, ver- in the 30 verses, maybe 35, 30, 38, 9, somewhere around there. Pontius Pilate, he says, what is truth? Okay. Jesus had the audacity to lay it out. And he said in John 14, 6, he says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There, there is, you know, contrary to a, a lot of crazy, insane preaching out there, folks. There is not a universal Christ figure in all religions that makes a way for relationship to Almighty God. That's absolute heresy. Universalism is a damning lie. Universalism is a total deception. There is not a universal Christ in all religions, okay? And all roads do not lead to eternal life. Wouldn't it be great if it did? But that's not the case. And again, we have to make sure that the Word of God is our final authority. Jesus is the one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so this generation, we're not unlike every generation before us, this, has, this, this generation is still asking, <clears throat> asking the questions, excuse me, 
<clears throat> asking the question today, what is truth? And I want to I want to hone down into that today. What is truth? Past generations, when they looked for God, or excuse me, when, when they looked for truth, past generations, what did they do? They looked to God, they looked to the Bible to decide what was truth. They looked to the Bible to, de to decide what are our ethics supposed to be? What is our morality supposed to be? Past generations, ones before us, they, they looked outside of themselves, and that's important. Listen, they looked outside in themselves to determine what was truth. Listen to this. A new study from the Cultural Resource Center, this is out of Arizona Christian University, shows 58% of Americans do not believe in objective truth or objective reality. 60% do not believe in absolute truth. That's just absolutely stunning. They believe it's up to the individual to decide their own truth. And, you know, your opinion's good. My opinion's good. Your opinion's val valid. My opinion's valid. And so your truth is decided by you. That's what they're saying. In 2023, out of this study, 60% do not believe in absolute truth. This reminds me of uh, Judges chapter 21. It says, in those days, there was no king. Everyone did what was right, what? In their own eyes. But more shocking about this recent study, again, out of the Cultural Resource Center, this is out of Arizona Christian University, it was found that amongst evangelical, uh, evangelicals, now who, who are they? Those are obviously Bible-believing Christians, supposedly, supposedly Bible-believing Christians. In that study, it said, 46% of evangelicals do not believe in absolute truth. I am absolutely shocked by that number. Christians are supposed to believe the Word of God as their final authority. But <clears throat> now it's, well, you can just, you know, I just trust my heart. I just go with what, what my heart says, or I trust my opinion, or I, I trust my gut. You know, I, I, I trust my gut instincts or I trust my feelings to decide. <laughs> Dear Christian friends out there, you're viewing today, you're watching. We need to think biblically. We need to believe biblically. We need to surrender and yield our lives over to the Lord biblically. Stop being emotionally driven culturally driven, driven by demons, by heresies, by doctrines of demons, and get our minds transformed by the Word of God. You cannot base your worldview by how you feel. Romans 12, verse 2, again, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will and to live a beautiful, satisfying, perfect life in His eyes. You cannot base your worldview based on how you feel. We cannot take our cultural cues, so to speak, from a society right now of all the things that they're saying, which is most dangerous. 
you have to base your worldview with a biblical lens, a biblical understanding. You have to believe the word of God as being truth. You can't, you also cannot remain biblically illiterate. You have to pick up your Bible. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to disciple you. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and train you and open the eyes of your heart and open the eyes of your understanding to give you the knowledge of the will of God and the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you as you take in the word and do it every day. My friend, do it every day. And then as you intake the word, as, you, as you're letting the Holy Spirit mentor you, coach you, train you, you're keeping the word before you, all right? Yield yourself to it. Surrender yourself to the truth of God's word, all right? God's word, thank, thankfully, God's word is not going to change to try to uh, accommodate an immoral generation just to let them go on feeling good about their sins and about their decisions and about their debaucheries and everything else, and that they can choose their own truth. Listen to this. This is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Well, we know the answer to that. None. What communion has light with darkness? Let's, let's answer again. None. And what accord has Christ with Satan? None. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? None. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Well, the answer is none. For you are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And therefore, come out from among them or come out from the world and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you, and I'll be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He goes on, this is chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these, these uh, precious promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of of God. Everything this culture is doing in this hour is completely out of alignment with what God's holy word says. I've I've never seen, I'm about to turn 50 in just a couple months. That's even weird to say that, but it's true. Um, I've never seen a time like this in my lifetime where things are accelerating away from God's holy standard of righteousness. Everywhere is increased lawlessness. Everywhere is increased corruption, no integrity, uh, increased sexual insanity, trans lives, the mutilation of, ch of children, sexual exploitation of children in our hour. You know, women are now identifying as men. Men are now identifying as women completely ruining women's sports, ruin, ruining their opportunities to become champions. Um, after all, Think about that. I mean, after all of their hard dedication, hard sacrifice, practice, all the work they've put in, now they're, they're not even allowed to have this opportunity at being a true champion. 
And then everyone else stands around and acts like this is this is normal. Oh, you know, this biological man won. Oh, but, but this is normal. No, it's not. And I want to say again, this is not our new normal. I, I refuse this as our new normal. And then you cannot make people play the game of believing their lies. You know, demanding woman, uh, women athletes to surrender to a man having victory over them, it's just insanity. So what is, what is the truth? Well, the truth is he's a man, and he should not be in the swimming pool with the ladies. He shouldn't be in the women's restrooms, in the school showers with the girls. And those pushing that agenda are the ones who are the real abusers. They're the ones that should be held responsible for the hideous things that are happen, happening right now. Um, I, and I've advertised this before, and if you have not seen Matt Walsh, now Matt Walsh is from Daily Wire, if you have not seen the film, the documentary film, What is a Woman? It is a must-see. I have to warn you, it is very, very intense. It, it will rock you to the core. Um, it will break your heart, but it will break your heart in the way that it needs to be broken. And that's what truth does. You know, when the Lord speaks truth to us, we need to be the people also, you know, as the word of God says, when God speaks to us, we need to be the people who tremble at the word of God, that we fear the word of the Lord. When you see this documentary, it will absolutely rock you. But I'm telling you, it is so necessary to give greater understanding to what we're up against right now concerning gender, concerning identity, and concerning truth, absolute truth, or drifting, blending truth. Of course, now we see little children that are being indoctrinated. Excuse me, i got to get one more drink. And I'm back. Well, I grabbed something quickly to eat right before we started filming and it feels like it's right up here in my chest <laughs> so thank you chick-fil-a and today's sponsor is not chick-fil-a but i love their sweet tea glory to god and i digress now we're back so as i was saying now now we're seeing the epidemic of indoctrination in america's schools moving towards the manipulation of children's minds, but now also the mutilation of little children's bodies, and this th these are the these are the <laughs> these are the most difficult things to even get out of my mouth. It's 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 challenging getting in the pulpit and talking about these very things, and then seeing Washington D.C. is demanding parents just stay out of it. That parents parents need to stay out of it completely. That we determine what you know. Now the education system saying we determine what your kids believe. But I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, no way, no way. The parents are the are the ones, the, the guardians over their souls, the guardians over their life. They are the ones that determine what their kids should be believing. And I'll say, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to keep going on, on this theme a little bit farther. It, of course, we're seeing companies bowing down to this. We've just seen this with Nike. We've seen it with Bud Light. I've stopped drinking Bud Light altogether because of this. And yes, I am totally kidding. <laughs> I do not drink. We see, uh, I, I love seeing these woke companies absolutely 
plummet. I am celebrating their loss. Um, we, we see this agenda hitting every construct of cultural indoctrination, cultural education. Dear friend of mine was just with Governor Ron DeSantis just here the other day. There was a rally in Sarasota just days ago at New College. There were there were biological women outside of that college naked who had had their breasts completely removed. You could see the staples and the stitches where they had their breasts removed. Um, and Governor DeSantis was in total savage mode, called them amateur protesters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, but they are out there, you know, in full trans mode, denouncing DeSantis because of his stance of removing, fighting to remove all of this level of indoctrination out of Florida schools. And as I said last week, folks, th this is an epic war, and it's a war that we must win. This, this whole transgender manifestation or gay manifesto, and uh, you can find that in the Library of Congress, ladies and gentlemen, dating back, um, gee, I think it was in the 80s. You can go back to the gay manifesto. The book is in the, the Library of Congress. Everything that we are seeing manifest with even the trans manifestation agenda, it's all right there. And, and it is, everybody knows, this whole issue of gender, this whole issue of identity is inf infecting and affecting. Let me say that again. It is infecting and affecting the, entire, the entirety of the United States of America, especially Gen Z. What is transgender? It's someone whose gender, they say, is different than the one that they were assigned at birth. And so when you're questioning your gender identity, they call this gender dysphoria. Well, maybe I'm a man or maybe I'm a woman. No, God has made no mistakes. I want to say that again. God has made no mistakes when he, when he fearfully and wonderfully created you, created me, knit us together, as it says in Psalm 139, he formed us, shaped us, dreamed us into reality in our mother's womb, Psalm 139. And when he gave you your, your identity, when he gave you your gender, he never made a mistake. You can dig up the human remains or bones of a person after a hundred years. You can do a, D, a DNA sample from the bones, and we all know what we find. You do a DNA sample, you find out exactly if they were a man or a woman. Now, how is that? How do we know that? Well, it's because God wrote it into the DNA identity of a human being. God created you as you were meant to be. Gender is not assigned, okay, at birth by a doctor. Gender is divinely designed by our creator who knit you and I together in our mother's womb. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Now you may say, well, Brian, that's just your opinion. No, it's, it actually isn't. 
Uh, my opinion is not more important than your opinion. Friends, this is God's opinion, okay? It's God Almighty's opinion, who is the creator God. And creator God's opinion is the only one that matters. Genesis 5, verse 12, it says he created them male and female. What did he do? It says he blessed them and he called them mankind in that day that they were created my heart <clears throat> oh my heart goes out to the precious kids who have adults that are that are bullying them pushing them around with such strong deceptions strong demonic delusions lies directly from the destroyer himself jesus called him the father of lies that's john uh, 8 44 he calls Satan the father of lies. And in fact, he says, he says Satan does not stand in the truth. There's no truth in him. And yet all the while, we've got all these children throughout the nations, but more specifically in the United States of America, who are being bullied and indoctrinated by the adults, the very ones that they're supposed to be trusting. This generation is on a quest for God. They're like every other generation. They're on a quest for God. They're on a search for God, like all generations. And they, you know, now, now they believe, well, identity change will, will fix their dysphoria. Identity change will fix their confusion. Identity change will, will fix their questions, etc., they are believing, you know, if, if I do this surgery, it'll be fixed. If I use this drug, it'll be fixed. If, if I have this level of experience, it'll be fixed. It's, it's not a search for something, friends. It's a search for someone. And that someone is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That quest is for their true identity and sonship in God himself. Romans chapter 8. Listen to these, these next coming scriptures here. Romans chapter 8 in verse 15 through 17. Okay. When we come into the kingdom of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what the apostle Paul writes. Verse 15. You did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. Whew. Hallelujah. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Now, that, that is so unpacking that that is so transformational this is, this is so key to everything about our identity i think it's very notable when you look at the scripture here in romans and you see the spirit of bondage i'm going to say that in quotes spirit of bondage that's mentioned here it's a small s that paul writes and then when he writes the spirit of adoption you'll see it's a capital s for spirit spirit of adoption there's an emphasis on the large s why because that is the holy spirit who has all authority the the phrase abba father it is a very affectionate 
Aramaic term, which actually means daddy, daddy, or papa. Many of you may know that. Maybe many of you are familiar with that. Some of you maybe not. But it's an Aramaic term, scripturally, that Jesus gives here. And he, and he, said, he, he called God his father, his Abba. So it means daddy, daddy, or papa. We're, we're in a family, my friends. We're in a family joined in union to the heart of the father as sons and as daughters. And the spirit bears witness and it causes our identity to come alive in our spirit that to know I have become a child of God. I have become part of the family of God, but not only children, he goes on to say, verse 16, 17, but heirs with God in Jesus, all right? So whether they are biological children or whether they are adopted children, they have the same benefits of provision and they have exactly the same inheritance, hallelujah. Galatians chapter four, verses four through seven, let me read these to you. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent forth his, the, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Somebody needs to shout glory. We are no longer slaves, right? We've not been given a spirit of fear. Again, we've been given the spirit of adoption. And now he's made us sons of the living God and heirs through Christ. Folks, when, when it comes to our personal identity with God, how do you perceive yourself? Now, I want you to be honest. You're, you're viewing today. You're listening today. I want you to be honest, okay? When you perceive yourself in your relationship with God, how do you see your personal identity? And be honest about this. Do you see yourself as a stranger or just a sinner saved by grace, a sinner saved by grace who's always doomed to fail, you know, oh, I'm a follower of Christ, but I, I just always have the propensity to fail or to fall short. Do you see yourself as a slave? Do you see yourself as a servant? Or do you see yourself as a son of God or a daughter of God? The only way, mm, the only way to properly perceive yourself accurately is to agree with what your heavenly father has spoken over your life. Let me say that again. The only way to properly perceive yourself accurately is to agree with what your heavenly father has spoken over your life. That is why it is vitally important to pick up the word of God every single day. And when God says, this is who you are in me, you need to believe that with all that you are, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. 
Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. And beloved, now we are children of God, and it has yet to be revealed what we shall be, but we know when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Glory to God. We are children of God. Now the word repent, what does it mean? The word repent means change your way of thinking. It also means I was going this direction and now I've changed and I'm going the opposite direction. Okay, Repentance is a beautiful gift that God brings to us. And in Galatians 4, in 4 through 7, it reveals to us that the heart and the mind undergoes change and it undergoes transformation. Repentance is actually like the change agent of God's grace, and he extends that and gives us access into the heart of God, and it empowers us to see ourselves accurately. When you've been transformed by God, you're going to see yourself accurately. You're not going to see yourself as just that old orphan or that old abandoned person or that old sinner. No, you've become a new creation in Christ. You become a child of the living God. Now, a large part of repentance is agreeing with God and agreeing with his word regarding who God is but also agreeing with God on who we are in Him. That's so important. It's about agreeing with God who God says that you are, okay? And when, when that happens, when we start agreeing with the Word, for those of you that are listening, I'm picking up my Bible right now. When you agree with, with the written Word of God, again, th- if you believe this to be absolute truth, and I do with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, when we begin to agree with the Word of God, then we're going to be able to see ourselves properly. We're going to see ourselves accurately, and the lies, the father of lies, is not going to be able to ambush us and tell us, no, this is what you are. No, why? Because your mind is being renewed by the Holy Spirit and by the Word, taking the Word renewing your mind with it and letting the Holy Spirit transform you from the inside out. I've said it so many times. Christianity is not some sin management program. Christianity is not behavioral modification classes. Christianity is the transformation of a man and a woman from the inside out. And it happens by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it happens by taking the word believing it and let God show you yourself to you accurately and also revealing Christ to you. All right? Did you get that? And let me say it in this order. First, it's seeing Christ. It's not seeing us. It's seeing Christ in us. But then it's seeing us accurately as we are in him. Amen? And the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1, verse 27, we know it, <clears throat> we know it so well where Paul talks about who is he? He is Christ in you. He is the hope of glory. And my God, that is so epic. It's mind-boggling that it was, it was the dream of God to live and dwell within you and I. What a dream. 
What a God. What, what a vision. Christ in you. And again, this, this is all going back to our identity. This is part of the metamorphosis that occurs by the Holy Spirit and with the Word. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Praise God. Behold, all things have become new. Oh, I love that. Love that. So I want to go back to the front of this train. We've got a few more minutes left here at the torch. Back to the front of this train. The Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Notice he didn't say that's it's such an extreme service. No, he said it's reasonable. But do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to approve to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So to be conformed to this world is to be lost as an orphan. To be conformed to this world is to be confused about who you really are. To be conformed to this world is to lose yourself in dis- dysfunction and, and dysphoria over your very identity or your very gender. And what is that? To be an orphan is what? It's not knowing who your father is. To be an orphan means I'm disconnected. It means I'm alone. I'm abandoned. To be an orphan means I'm lost. It means I'm wondering. You and I are not orphans. We are sons and daughters of the living God. And you and I have been called to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, there's just so much. There's so much more. Let me read you one more verse. I got to grab hold of this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I want to read this out of the amplified version. So if it's if it's a little bit louder than all the other versions I used, understand it's from the amplified. Yeah, I know it's horrible. That was a dad joke. Okay, anyway, and I am a proud dad, so I can use dad jokes. Okay, so It says in verse 18, and all of us with unveiled face because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into the very image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. My God, that's so awesome. How does it happen? The Spirit of God literally transforms you from the inside out. And He is conforming you to the very image and splendor where you're going from glory to glory so that you literally become more like Jesus. We're about to close here. I'm going to give you a few things. I wrote about this in Bold as Lions. This comes right out of the chapter called Champions. It's all about identity as sons and daughters. Sons and daughters do this. Listen well. Sons and daughters, they believe and they experience the unconditional love of their father. Sons and daughters experience sonship as heirs based on the position of or to their position to their father. Sons and daughters rest in security 
of their father's provisions. Sons and daughters are still loved, though they may fall short. Sons and daughters are stewards of what the father entrusts to them. Sons and daughters love their dad's character. Sons and daughters value, uh, their value is totally based on position as a son or a daughter. Sons and daughters experience love. They receive gracefully. They recognize sin and have a repentant heart. Sons and daughters live from the heart. They, they believe they are loved. Sons and daughters live a godly kingdom lifestyle defined by grace and redemption. And sons and daughters live under God's authority. Let me read to you what slaves and orphans do. They believe that they must perform to gain the father's love. They believe becoming an heir is tied to performance, not to their position as children. They believe provision is only through performance. They believe they deserve judgment when they fail. They believe they are entitled to share. They, they believe they are entitled to a share of anything that they do. They resent their dad's character. Values are only based on what they do and how well they do. So, uh, slaves and orphans believe their love is earned and they expect an entitlement. They are self-righteous. They are proudful. They live from legalism. They believe that they are defective, which produces shame in them. They have a worldly kingdom perspective defined by posturing and performance, and they reject God's authority. You see, we as sons and daughters, okay, our identity as, as children of God has to be firmly established. And when it is established, when we know who Christ is in us, we know who we are in Christ as sons and daughters, then in the kingdom, we can live in a culture of love. We can live in a culture of obedience, of faith, of revelation, of the supernatural, of prophetic activity. Hallelujah. This is where it all takes place. And lastly, I want to I come to the closure of this is the epic prophetic word that, that Peter gives on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 when he talks about sons and daughters. Remember this epic prophecy from Joel. The apostle Peter announces this on the day of Pentecost as soon as the Holy Spirit is being poured out. He says, God says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my men, men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Why do I want to land there? Because folks, I believe before the great epic coming of the Lord, the spirit of God is going to be poured out and the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And the glory of God is going to so arise and shine upon the sons and daughters of the living God. God's going to, he's going to ekbello. He's going to cast thrust out his sons and daughters into the greatest harvest fields on planet earth. And the Lord is going to reap the nations for his ultimate inheritance. Can I get a witness today? Glory to God. 
Thank you, Lord. I want to pray. I got a couple announcements and we're going to wrap today. Father, I thank you that through Jesus, through his life, through his blood, through his redemption, you have brought us in to the kingdom and you have made us sons and daughters of the living God. I thank you that it is by grace that we are saved by faith and not of ourselves, not of works, lest we should boast, but it's a gift of God. I thank you for the gift of grace, for the gift of faith to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, for you bringing us into the kingdom, for transforming us. Lord, I pray that in this emerging generation, Lord, that we're going to see a transformation of Gen Z. Hallelujah. Lord, we're going to see a miracle display of these kids having encounters with Jesus. And they're going to be born again. They're going to be transformed from the inside out. They're going to be born again. They're going to come to the Lord. They're going to know you as Abba. They're going to know you as Papa. Lord, they're going to be delivered from the abominations of what they have been bound by. Lord, you're going to break open open chains. Lord, you're going to break open captivity from the bars and the prisons that they've been in, Lord. And I just declare that over the youth of America this day. Lord, I speak freedom. I speak liberty to the captives, Lord. The youth of America, Lord, being delivered and set free from the lies of the enemy, that, Lord, that they would come to know you as Father, as Lord, as King, as Savior. I speak it and decree it, and I thank you, God, we are entering into the greatest hour of harvest where we will see sons and daughters birth, born into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Guys, we are about to close the window of opportunity on going to Israel. We're going September 3rd through the 16th. You can go to victoryfla.com. Register today. There's a tremendous amount of information there. If you have any additional questions, you can call our office, 941-444-0045. We would be happy to man any questions that you would have. If you desire to come to Israel, go. Go, go, go. VictoryFLA.com. Sign up. Register. Want to get paid today. Listen, guys, it's been a joy to be with you. It's, and I mean that. It's a joy. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting this ministry. Thank you for your generosity. And I mean this on the behalf of my wife and I. We celebrate every dollar that comes into this ministry, okay? And we, we pray over it. We pray over our partners. We thank God for you. Thank you for just coming alongside, believing in this vision for revival in our times, national awakening, and generational reformation. Guys, we love you. Thank you again. Remember, until I see you again, the future does not belong to the God-haters nor to the god mockers the future belongs to the righteous and the righteous are bold as lions love you guys i'll see you next week keep the fire burning